Shoot the defense. The best podcast in the world. We're out here. I keep saying Henri's a forward. Richie, who's the best striker you played against? Henri. <laughs> and the fact that we had now taken our country and put our country on the map of world soccer, being the first African nation, the third world nation in the whole world to win an Olympic gold medal in soccer, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. If you're going to take the time to go and get a pig head and break my locker open and, and wrap my clothes in it, I send in a different message to me. I've had to protect my family from going out into the street because you'll have random people that just come and abusing them racially. Even some old school managers who are British, they still have the same racial undertones like the man in the street who they're trying to condemn. All right, here we go. Um, welcome to Shoot the Defense. Um, I'm your host, I've got Rodri and I've got Steve M. Before I bring in these two gentlemen, um, I'm going to have to say something that I never thought I would ever say especially on shoot defense. Um, this afternoon, I was given some pretty shitty news that um, Chig, also known as Guna Eagle Eye, has got his own YouTube channel, Arsenal fan that's been on this show on numerous occasions, um, passed away this morning. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm still a bit numb. I don't know how to take this, but... Chig was one of the realest guys you'll ever know. Um, kind-hearted, generous, always loved doing podcasts. Whenever I call, you know, send him a message, Chig, come and do a podcast. Yeah, okay, 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 let's do it, let's do it. And uh, we had so many fantastic episodes. We had a, a great laugh. He introduced me to Claude from AFTV. We did a show together, and it's scary thinking that both of them are gone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Um, I didn't know he was unwell. Uh, but what can you do? Uh, this is life. And I guess the only thing you can do is just um, don't take people for granted. And yeah, that's that's the best I can say because I'm not good with stuff like this. I mean, my granddad's funeral, I was singing, I'm living in a box for Christ's sake. That's how shitty I am when it comes to, to stuff like this. So yeah, I've got my... My Guna Eagle Eye background here, just a little, pay a bit of homage to him. And Rod, do you remember Chig, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do remember him, yeah. It's, uh, I can't believe he's 36. Mm. Yeah, it's been a bad time for the Arsenal supporters recently, because, you know, they, they seem to be a big uh, characters in that community, and especially in the podcast world. and. You know, yeah, it's a sad day. It's a surprise. It's a massive shock. Um, again, I, I don't know what to say, but I just, uh, you know, thoughts go out to his family and obviously his, his close friends. And we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him. Right, Steve, welcome to the show, you're doing, mate. You right? Yeah, I'm going well done there, mate. It was, um, you know, very touching. I didn't obviously know the, the, the guy, but... If um, you spoke well of him, he, he was obviously a great fella. So uh, don't don't overanalyze how you've just done the last five minutes because you were you were excellent. You can set that from us. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And Rodri, in your nice little studio there, new surroundings. No dog. What's happening? No dog. No dog. Actually, can have a dog in here. There's no problem with dogs. So 
Have you got uh, raid data there? Um, it's actually a, a storage eater. Oh, okay. No. But is, is you wearing a jacket and a and a hoodie? Well, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a gilet. A gilet, okay. It's one of gilet, those. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. But you, but yeah. you got your Jamiroquai hat on. Well, uh, well, it's got nice it's golf hat. Jamiroquai, <laughs> it's probably that. It's just uh, it's cold in here because I'd only just come in here. You know, I had it all planned, but you know, someone turned up late, so yeah, so that's a juggle things about. So yeah. Oh, mate, do you know you're me and Steve are professionals. We're prepared. We're on time. You're, so, you're yeah, lucky but, that Instagram is down because I would have found that photograph of you in that purple suit, my friend. What me is Hugh Hefner jacket. Uh. What what material is it? Uh, like a velvet type. Look at this guy coming in like Prince, like purple rain in this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and you got yourself a bit of crypto as well. Yeah, it's yeah? a great great building as well. That forty two landing next What's to um, uh, the city, next to the Barbican, next to the Gherkin. All right. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was nice venue. Good night. Yeah, got some crypto. Good man. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Here we yeah. go. All right. Let's talk about the Premier League and the only one place to start, really. Anfield, Liverpool 2, Man City 2. Liverpool, uh, City coming back twice from being behind to, to salvage a draw. Uh, Sadio Mane gave Liverpool the lead. Phil Foden equalised. Mo Salah scored, undoubtedly, one of the goals of the season, if not one of the goals in the last 10 years. And then Kevin De Bruyne scored a deflected shot. Steve, um, Fabinho had a great chance near the end, which uh, Rodri cleared, which was a fantastic clearance. On the balance of play, happy with the result? Um, happy, yeah. Um, and, and just to go back to seven days in football, Chelsea away last Saturday, uh, one, three points, one nil. Uh, and then to go to Liverpool, you tend to think that if you can get a draw at Anfield and beat them at the Etihad, you've got a hell of a chance of winning the Premier League. Um, so four points in a week is good. I think the performance deserved more, Stell and Rodri. I thought, obviously, the first half, they should have been out of sight, two, three, four, nil. Second half was shared, but on the balance of what Liverpool would say, they would say that they took the lead twice and they were winning from 10 till 10 minutes from time. So at that point, you're thinking, I can't believe we've lost this 2-1. Grateful for Kevin De Bruyne, grateful for Kyle Walker's run into the box and obviously grateful for the Phil Foden performance and probably shake hands on a draw. And as you mentioned, the Rodri uh, sliding block uh, at the near post, almost, almost inside the six-yard box, was as good as a goal. So I think in the cold light of day, both managers, head coaches, uh, full of respect for each other, say, yeah, fair enough, fair dues. Two unbelievable teams, and I think the supporters should do the same. There's a little incident with James Milner and Bernardo Silva. Should Milner have seen a second yellow, in your opinion? A hundred percent, yes. I uh, wasn't sure about the Phil Foden incident, but obviously I've sent you a picture today of Milner holding the shirt, and it does look like a, a clip of his heels. Uh, there was a couple he got away with Milner. I said it in... Uh, the, the house and Gary Neville picked up on it. It reminded me of Gary Neville's game for Man United away at West Brom, which was his uh, one that he's be remembered for that he finished on. Um, and I thought that actually, if James Miller was going to get sent off, he would have probably had to retire because he wouldn't have been picked for Liverpool again after a suspension. I thought the referee was very, very kind. 
and I thought um, Mr. Nice Guy Milner, as he is and a good pro, I think that stood before him in the eyes of the referee. Milner got his arms up in the air quickly, but it was a blatant, another yellow card, and which should have meant a sending off. Mm. And Rod, Mo Salah's goal, Christ, talk about low centre of gravity there, mate. Wow. Yeah, he's got that kind of, I don't want to say Messi-esque, but he has that, that, you know, the way he, he can just glide past people. His pace is and he's left-footed as well. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good goal and, you know, much-needed goal because, you know, City should have, they, they, they really should have come away with three points. But like Stead says, going to Stamford Bridge and going to Anfield, you come away for four points, you know, it's not a bad return at all. While we're on the subject of that goal, um, I'm not going to ask how difficult is it to do that because you've either got talent and you've mixed it and combined it with practice, etc., etc. But how many players in the world right now do you think can do that? Rodri mentioned it. Messi, um, 18 months ago and for the last 10 years before it, uh, and Mo Salah presently. Um, I'm not even going to say Mares. I know he's not in the team at the moment, but he tends to do get in that position and it's all in off the left foot and aim for the far post. But to come back onto your right and then you know shoot across the keeper with a his so-called weaker foot, probably is out there on his own. You two have a chat about it because... Because I don't want to be pedantic, but I saw something in the city defending that nobody's picked up on at all. But you two talk about the goal. Go on, Rod. <laughs> what the the, the, the Salah goal? Yeah. Yes, you know it's, it's, a, it's a quality goal. And only certain players can can score them type of goals, and uh, you know he seems to be hit another gear again this year, and seems to be going on again. So and back to the form he was, you know. Two or three years ago, so he's, he's no, he's never really been really bad. It's just like his his form just dipped a little with, with his numbers and his, and his goals, but you know his performance has always been been top notch. He just hasn't been rewarded with the goals or the assists. You know, that's because he's probably his team has not been as strong as it is it is today, and and recently, so yeah, it's you know like I said, there's only a certain amount of players can score them capital goals. Steve, were you going to mention, was it Cancelo that kind of dived in? Well, well, Cancelo got a booking that he tried to get away with, uh, which he does. He plays on the edge of gamesmanship quite often. You know, he's not a tough player. He's an excellent player. So he was on a yellow card, so he, he, he really couldn't have too much contact on that yellow card. So I was going to mention that still, yeah. That, that didn't help City. But nobody's mentioned it, and I don't want to be pedantic here because it was one of the best goals you'll, you'll see from a world-class player. But Laporte, I think, needs to possibly go and do some work with the, 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 the conditioning coaches and the balance coaches, the movement coaches, if you like. Nobody's picked up on it. Now, I know Mo Salah's, I could say, the best player in the world in that position, um, and he often favours the left. And obviously, Buddy can chop on the right, as we've seen. But what Laporte did... He was balancing on, on one leg, then the other, not showing which way Salah was going to go. And when he chopped it, he didn't have light enough feet to keep his body open and save a second or two to go and then defend with his left foot. He ha- you'll, you'll need to see it back. But for both goals, Laporte turns round 360 degrees to then come and tackle again with his left foot. So basically, 
the saying of, of he got twisted blood. He, he did, he got twisted up. But as a top world-class defender, which we think Laporte is, he's got to keep his body open there and he's either got to tackle with his right or he's got to tackle with his left. But you don't turn your back on the ball and do a 360 degrees turn like he did because it just wastes two and three seconds and you can't do that at this level. I just, just honestly, when you get a daydream tomorrow, see both goals, he does exactly that. And what about Liverpool's defence? You know, they conceded three against three against uh, Brentford, two obviously against City. They're not looking solid, are they? And that's got to be a concern for Klopp, surely. Um, well, 50% of it is, is obviously um, coming back from serious injury. Alexander, Alexander Arnold didn't play at all. Uh, Van Dijk seems to be playing on the left. So even though it's only five yards, it's like Maguire, it's, it's slightly out of position. And I think they're quite, you know, a full throttle football team if we're to believe the manager's words and what the crowd demands. Are, are, and I don't think they actually sit and protect too often. So a little bit like United, I think their history is to attack. And with those front three players they've got, I'm not too sure they defend whilst they're attacking. Uh, and if it doesn't go right for them, you can actually get them on the way back. And obviously you'll come to it later. You can certainly do that against Manchester United too. Rod, Liverpool's defence? Yay or nay? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, yes, it'd be a concern because you know if you're leaking goals, and, but you know not a massive concern because they're not losing games, and, and you know City can do that to anyone. Brentford away, yeah, that'd be you know maybe that's just a one-off. I don't know how the rest of the results have gone this 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 year for Liverpool, but I'm pretty sure they haven't been conceded free before, so. Maybe it's just a one-off. It was a you know Brentford could do that. It's a great atmosphere. They have seen that before this year. Beat Arsenal and they've got some other results there. So it'd be a tough place to go that for anyone. So yeah, and like I say, City could do that to anyone. So yeah, it's, it's a concern, but not massively. All right. Well, let's quickly talk about Spurs. And I know people are going to be like, why are you talking about Spurs? Well, the reason why I want to talk about Spurs is because they beat Aston Villa. Aston Villa, who beat Man United last week, and Spurs that lost, what, two, three on the bounce? Something like that. But no Harry Kane on the score sheet again. Um, Heuberg scored a, a lovely goal. Um, but Tottenham second was credited to target. But I think Lucas Moura might have something to say about that, Steve. Was as shocked as anybody here. Maybe you take your eye off it because you just see the defender sliding in on the floor and obviously Mora coming in uh, upright with a side foot tapping from four yards. The ball comes across perfect and you just think when the two boots come together, uh, one of each player, that it comes off the attacker. You want it to go to the attacker, really. Um, you don't want to see defenders uh, being, well, not rewarded, but certainly being credited with own goals when they're doing everything they can last ditch to prevent one. And if it's just a you know, a clash of boots at the same time and the ball goes in the net, you've got to give it the attacker, but the Premier League have given it target the defender. So uh, I wasn't really in favour of that. And I, I didn't think it was that clear. Uh, and Rod Nuno said after the game that when Spurs are confident, they're unstoppable. That's a bit, a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Unstoppable when they're confident? Uh, you know, you just, he's going to say that. He's going to say that kind of type, that type of stuff, you know, to... For his own players, message for his own players, uh, but yeah, unstoppable. Mm, yeah, it's that stretch in it. 
Well, they are re- you know, clutching at straws at the moment, aren't they? Kane has well, they scored have, they have, their last six games. Yeah, but he's, he's got a trick in the league, didn't it? Yeah, well, in, in the league, though, six yeah. games without a goal, it's got to be a concern. He's never really been a... It's always been August, really, that he didn't start scoring, but he, he, he put that to bed a couple of years ago. So, but, yeah, I wouldn't be worried about it, Kane. He's got an trick in the week. I'd be worried from where, where his positions, positional play is. He's dropping deep. He's not going to score any goals if he keeps on playing, holding midfielder or... Uh, you know, number eight or number ten. He needs to be number nine and getting goals. He's the best finisher at the club. So, closer you are to the goal, the more goals you get. Mm. All right. Uh, let's talk about Oliver Skip then. This is a player who has surprised many at this moment in time. He's keeping out in Dombele. He's keeping out Harry Winks. He's doing a pretty decent job at the moment, isn't he, Steve? Yes. Um, Briggs. The play up, um, God, I'm thinking like going back decade. Well, Premier League years, really, but he's like a David Batty, um, and that's you know he was an incredible player. Him, he, you know, not an exciting one, but an incredible team player. Um, small in stature, big in heart, um, good tackler, plays on the edge of a foul, then goes over yellow cards, breaks up play, and for someone so young. You'd actually, you know, I'm not suggesting he's a Manchester United player, but that's the type of player they need at the moment. Someone that gets the shorts dirty and does the dirty stuff and then just passes the ball safely to a, a better talented state. And that's what he seems to be doing at Tottenham and he's finding a little role for himself. Fantastic. Rod, Brentford, they got a, a very, very good victory away at uh, West Ham. And I know people are going to be saying, oh, credit to, to West Ham, to um, Brentford. Credit to Brentford, they're doing fantastically well. And yeah, I hold my hands up, they've been brilliant. But we've seen this before, haven't we, with newly promoted teams? We've seen it with Sheffield United, we've seen it with, with Burnley in the past. Is this is anything different? Can you see anything different with Brentford? Are they are they here to stay, do you think? Um, it's, it's difficult to say, but, what, but going off instincts, I would say yes. Because, you know, they seem to be a club that's building, uh, uh, doing it right way, playing the right kind of football, exciting football. The manager seems a decent bloke. You know, we don't really hear the owners, which is good. So, um, no, I would think, you know, there's clubs that are going to survive and there's clubs that are going to, you know, to, to get better and see how high they can get and, uh, and be a... A stalwart in the Premier League, so no, I see Brentford sticking around here. We always seen it before. Next year will be the, the difficult task for them if they if they do, which probably will stay up this year. So next year we've seen it before with, with Sheffield United. We've seen it, you no, know, umpteen times. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I do think they'll um, do well and, and they'll be around. For a lot longer than the other teams that come up and yo yo don't like I say like a Norwich, you know Norwich in stature is a massive club, you know Champions Leagues, Europe, Europa Leagues. You know when the Premier League started, they were all around, always round the top three, top four. Not particularly great stars, but but great pros and, and some top players sprinkled about. <clears throat> so no, I think Brentford are 
I'll do that. Well, what I find remarkable about Brentford is that they just don't stop, do they? They've conceded an equaliser with, what, 10 minutes to go. And um, they get an opportunity to get men forward. They do it and they score. It's like they're just going for the kill. And I, I think... Uh, go on. Aren't they one of the teams that, that, that go by analytics? and? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Get, play, get people with an Money assist. ball! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's obviously, it's obviously working. If you get the, the right players and the quality of players, you know, it doesn't tell you you can get analytics all you want. The players have to be good enough and they have to be able to compete at that level. And they're doing, they're more than capable at the minute and they're doing really well. So can they keep going? Yeah, I think they can. It's like a little bit, I feel like they're a little bit like Wolves. You know, a project that's 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 a steady ship, uh, steady investment. As long as you buy the right players in, you know, you don't do a Watford manager in, manager out, manager in, manager out. You know, you, this manager seems to oh, this player, the player don't stop it. it comes from the manager, it doesn't come from anyone else. So, yeah, it seems to be going well for him. So, let me ask another question then. Um, is it a case of they're just trying to achieve 40 points as quick as possible? Um, on the outside, yes, but probably on the inside. You know, now they've competed and then now they're in the, you know, they're in the middle of it. They'll probably think they can do mid-table and higher. Why would you not? They've beat Arsenal. They've drew Liverpool at home. You look after your, your, your home games, you win your home games and what... It's 30 odd points plus, probably more. You know, you, you get an odd point, an odd win away. Well, they're more incapable than that. They're, they're more on the way then now. Steve, uh, Europa League football for West Ham, they're doing pretty well, but it's almost as if it's starting to take its toll on them, isn't it? I know they got a good result against Leeds the other week, away from home. But do you think the Europa League is going to be a bit of a hindrance to them this season? Only at times, not not a certainty that still. But um, again, I know there'll be some football supporters say they get paid loads. They've they've only got a run round a field, but it's the first time they've ever had to travel um, and play a different night of the week and things like that. Um, it's the first time they've probably had to stretch their squad. You've obviously invested and got got other players, but players are in, they're out. Zuma played at weekend. Dawson played at Old Trafford in the cup. So. You know, it's the the price of success. They wouldn't have it any other way. But all of a sudden, they're in playing in a different country, like I say, on a Thursday night. They're getting back. They're playing on a Sunday. The calendar's changed for them. And that's just the way they're going under under David Moyes. So, uh, still progressing. I think they'll be absolutely fine. They've got a really good... The only player who's uh, a mature player is Mark Noble. Everybody else is of a really prime age. Uh, they're fit enough to do it. They're certainly strong enough to do it. Bowen is coming in back into his own now uh, and looks full of it, absolutely full of it. I thought he was brilliant in the cup game at United on his own up front. Uh, Antonio, we expect him to retain form. Uh, no, they're a really good team. Just occasionally, they might get caught out like they did at weekend, but no, no, no big problems though. And no big problem for Leeds now, or so it would seem. They got their first victory of the season, Rod, 1-0 against Watford, who today appointed... Ranieri, their 10th manager in seven years, 10th permanent manager, should I say. They've had Hayden Mullins as a 
as a caretaker a couple of times. Um, not much really to say about this game, but uh, Watford sacking their manager four or five games into the season. It's not unheard of, but they haven't been playing too badly. So what's happened, do you think? You know, if it was any other club, you'd think, what, you know, what are you doing? But it's Watford. It's, you know, they've got history for it. How many managers you just said? Ten, ten in seven years. Pardon? Ten in seven years, and that's that's not... Ten know. in seven years, so that's more than one every year. More than one every... More than manage, yeah, it's just... You get Thirteen mixed. in eight years. You know, as a player, that would be a nightmare because you, you're just getting into one kind of system or you, one way of coaching or maybe the players, I don't know. It's just a shambles, an absolute shambles. Some places it works, but, yeah, no, when you've got, you know, like, see, like Real Madrid, they seem to do it back in the day, but, you know, when you've got quality players like that, you can, you can turn it around straight away, but when you're dealing with, you know, the bottom of the barrel of the premiership, like what for that? You need togetherness. You need you know you need everyone together, and it's not sacking the manager six games in, and they've had some some okay results. So, but yeah, it's yeah, not good. You've just been promoted. You've just got a team promoting. You, you think give it a good shot, give it a good chance, and you're not even giving that because after six games you're down the road. So, yeah, they've got. They got a habit of doing this. It's, it's football heritage, as Jose Mourinho would say, isn't it? It's the history of Watford. You're kind of expecting, you know, Kiel. Well, it's not it's though, is it? Because we go back to with Graham Taylor and and going back to them days. It wasn't in and out managers, but over the last recent years, yeah, it's just been a shambles. It's, it's but the pop, it's they've the been, they've been you know, even though it's been a shambles, they've just been promoted. So, yeah. It's, it's a weird one. Well, uh, given the the owners and the what's the word trigger happy approach, it, it isn't much of a surprise. But Steve Ranieri in at Watford, mm. when he got the Leicester City job, I, I kind of laughed and I was like saying this guy is going to be a disaster. And we ended up winning the league. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make the same mistake. But Watford ain't going to win the league, are they? <laughs> Please. No, they're not. But he, he, the last time he was in the Premier League, he overachieved until the point, obviously, they, they, they decided to replace him. But certainly, we're talking about Leicester when they won the Premier League, that it'll never happen again, ever. So we're, we're actually suggesting it's one of the greatest football achievements of all time. Um, it's helped Leicester grow. They've gone on to win FA Cup, Charity Shield, under a different manager, head coach. And apparently, you know, it's quite obvious, actually, that the players absolutely love him, clearly. You know, the way Casper Schmeichel, Wes Morgan, those types, you know, obviously he delivered for them and gave them the best times in their careers. And there was lads who've won that Premier League that you, you just could never imagine that they ever would, but they did. So he'll just be hoping for um, a bounce of Watford. They might not feel they don't need to do too much, um, but they might have looked at it and just had no faith in, in the guy. Very trigger-happy, different subject, but... You know, Burnley haven't won a game yet and their manager gets rewarded with a four-year contract. Uh, Watford have at least have won and their manager has is, is, been replaced. So, you know, football never ceases to surprise us and at times disappoint us still. 
but, but, but Burnley have had that manager for five years or how many years? Nine. Nine, nine years. So in that nine years, they've had ten managers. Not they've had more. Mm. Yeah, but you don't know what these measure, you know, success and and, and concern. So you, you'd think he no, was but, a bit early to be concerned. No, but with him, there's more it, there's more detail. It's not just on results. It's, you know, the training ground, the facilities, that it's all come with, with Sean Dyche being there. All right, well, let's talk about Sean Dyche and Burnley getting a nil-nil draw against Norwich. Norwich haven't won a game yet. Uh, Steve, you were there. Yeah. Did Burnley tire after sixty minutes? <laughs> no, um, they get they're getting. Uh, they, they had their Lucas A that half time. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, they gave it all. They gave it all for the sixty like they normally do without Ben Mee, which is rare on the team sheet. Uh, Norwich obviously didn't really have too much speed. Where at that point the opposition have been taking games away from Burnley in, in the Premier League this season. Norwich didn't have that type of clientele. Um, and Burnley actually did make some changes. One very good one, in fact, when Goodmanson came on, who's been in the team, and he replaced Aaron Lane and, and he improved immediately. And actually, Rodriguez came on for Chris Wood. I mean, he's, he doesn't actually come off too often. So Burnley retained their energy in the game. But again, as the clock ticked, there wasn't really much hope in my heart um, that Burnley would actually win the game. It would look like a draw all the time. And actually, I think Norwich City will be delighted with the point. And I see them improving over the next six weeks. Uh, obviously, what, two, three games at Carroll Road. I still expect them to go down, but I saw more in Norwich City, a slight change of shape. And I thought you could slightly improve. And I don't know where Burnley go with their formula, which has been tried and trusted, but it just seems to be hitting a little bit of a brick wall at the moment. Rod, you're a Sean Dyche advocate. Is he going to keep them in the Premier this season or are they going down? Um, well, I think Stez would be more qualified to speak because he's actually seen him. I haven't seen I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He'll keep them up. You know, only for the reason that there's, there's three teams that I think that, that are... You know, Norwich, there's one. Uh, Newcastle, I think, has struggled this year. And who's the other one? Watford. Watford, there you go. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, it's you know, six games still. We sack him after six games and... But, you know... He won't do that, but I'm worried for him, Rod. No, no, but, you know, it's a four-year contract. It's, why, would you, why would you sack him after... No, 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 there's no there's no mention of the sack. It's just whether they get it's just the bigger question is, is it gonna be this year that they uh, get relegated? No, I've not heard one person mention that, that he would get the sack. Mm, it's difficult. But he's not unsackable though. Let's get that out of there. You know, if the results don't change, he knows better than anyone else. It's all business, isn't it? You know, you know who's got next? Who? City away. Well, you know, they might they might get a result there somehow. Doubt it, like, but yeah, it's uh, you know coming back from a uh, internationals, clutching at straws here, but yeah, yeah, at the Etihad's, you know, the rampant there at the minute. So no, I think it'll uh, be safe, but you need to start winning quickly, yeah. or you know his job won't be. 
Well, another manager. Because Burnley, Burnley could sneak solid, but Burnley could see if they went down, lost to Sean Dyche, and you know. Rod, I'll, I'll ask you then, Rod. I'll ask you. We don't know what's going to happen, but they've done this in the past. But just yet, straight yes or no, they've won at Anfield in the past. Do you think they'll, do you think they'll win it? Well, we've already played them this year. They've lost, but do you think they can win at Old Trafford again? The way United are playing, yeah. They've already lost at Liverpool. Do you think Chris Wood could get 13 goals? No. Do you think anybody, anybody else could get eight? I think Ashley Barnes could get eight. No. I think Rodriguez could get seven. Possibly. Possibly. They've only got really, they've only got really one. Oh, is it O'Neill? McNeil? McNeil. McNeil. He's, no, they only really spark. They've got all the rest just really. Do you think you he know. could get eight? He's not really a goal scorer. He's more of a assist, isn't he? You know, he's, well, there you go. You know. there you go. We've, we've, we've named every attack and not one of them is going to get double figures. Mm. They're, going, yeah. they're going to be a struggle, mate. Mm. All right. Well, there's another team that's kind of struggling at the moment. Leicester City. Uh, blew a two-goal lead against Crystal Palace, although Crystal Palace almost gift-wrapped them a win, Steve, with two defensive mistakes. Uh, the first one was terrible. The second one, not as bad, but again, Joel Ward with his experience, you'd think that he'd know better to just go in like a madman. But Palace came back and uh, Oliza came off the bench and got one back and then um, an equaliser right at the end. Uh, talk to me about Patrick Vieira with this Crystal Palace team because they look like they're still evolving. Um, they're playing with no fear, which is impressive, but Again, those mistakes defensively, they've got to be a little bit of a concern, though. Yeah, they're talking, you know, about a new style, um, obviously changing from Roy Hodgson's pragmatic, well-drilled, guaranteed to stay in the Premier League, at times boring, really tight, and put on, uh, you know, revamped it and put a new face on it. I don't believe that Patrick Vieira's got a style yet. I thought he was a world-class player, one of the players, the best players the Premier League the world has ever had, genuinely. Um but, you know, Manchester City development squad, you know, wasn't there long enough. That's not counted as a style. Going over to America and playing some football and then, then going in the France League with Nice. I believe he's developing his style now on the job and he might end up being a top coach, a top manager, but he's not bringing an identity that is like his. He's bringing his own profile. The crowd are amazing. They're as good as anything in the Premier League, you know, for getting behind the team. And he's building a, a young team with loads of energy, load, and, and, and basically we use the phrase a lot, taking the handbrake off them and allowing them to, to flourish and run up the field. Now, at times it's going to go against you and they're going to be hit, miss or maybe completely because I think they're going to be expansive. I think they're going to stay up comfortably uh, and I think they're going to be wide open. And I think they're almost going to be like you discussed with Rogers so many times last year. This year's Leeds United, that they're going to be quite exciting to watch, but you never know what you're going to get. I have a question about Crystal Palace's equaliser. And I don't know if you guys remember the, the passage of play, but the ball's come in from the left-hand side. Schlup is unmarked. He misses the header. He, he's then, he then collides in with the defender, gets back up. The ball is then on the right-hand side. It's popped back into the box, headed back across. And again, he's unmarked. 
Now you're looking at Soyuncu and Vestergaard, two, okay, I wouldn't say experienced players. I mean, Vestergaard has played the Euros and Soyuncu has played in the Turkish League or wherever he's played, Germany, Bundesliga. But defensively, Leicester are shambolic. Now you could blame injuries, but surely there's got to be a pattern emerging here because we saw last season how they fell off back into the season. Same goes with the year before. Brendan Rodgers, as great as he is as a coach and, and man manager, it's almost as if, just like at Liverpool, they can't go a certain period of time without keeping um, many clean sheets within that, that space of time. At Liverpool, I think they conceded 51 goals in the year that they uh, came second behind City. And had they not conceded that amount of goals, I think they would have won the championship. Um, and again, as I said, conceding stupid goals, basic goals, I think that's the one major uh, chink in his armour, so to speak, defensively. What do you think, Rod? I've got a feeling Rodri's thinking the same as me. Go on, what? Just shows you how good Johnny Evans is. I think he's, I think he's brilliant for Leicester and, and, and him missing and Fafana, um, who was emerging... Is, is a really big void. Obviously, Stel, you're talking about the current plight, if you like, of conceding goals. Sanucci not looking as good as he was. Sanucci not looking as good as he was. Um, Vestergaard coming in and not playing as well for Leicester as he did for Southampton. But I think Johnny Evans is the is the leader and the coach on the field, and he's a big miss. His bigger miss is Vardy. I'm just waiting for Rod to say something. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's when you got someone, I agree with both, both players that they missed because, you know, Johnny Evans is a steady ship and, and the other kid was was coming on at the end of last year and looked quick, you know, didn't look like a defence, could head it, nicked the odd goal. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, and Leicester haven't got that type of, Quality to replace you know, we were talking about it last week when Scott mentioned it. The, the expectation now, Leicester, where you know you expect them to, to win these games, especially when they're 2 0 up and giving the two gift goals like that, you'd expect them to go on and, and to, to, to win the game. To, to be quite honest with you, I turned it off at half time. I thought that's it, it's game over. And I turned it off and then I turned it back on. It was two hours, yeah. So but I literally thought it was over, but, you know, credit to Crystal Palace, credit to Patrick Sarah. And, you know, Leicester have got to see out and get type of game, especially when they're turning up. But, yeah, to answer your question, they're going to miss Johnny Evans. You know, he's a, he's a quality player. Yes, he wasn't good enough for Man United, but we've seen these type of players leave the big clubs and go to different clubs and still do very, very well. And, you know, and that's what he's done. And so it's a, it's a big miss for him. Both I've just thought of something, lads, as well. I think Vardy's amazing. I think he's brilliant. And Iniacio, I don't necessarily think he's a good technical footballer, but he knows where the back of the net is. But do you think they're missing a centre-forward that holds the ball up and it keeps them up the field longer? Uh, because the two strikers they've got, again, they're excellent, but they race away trying to score all the time. Now, obviously, going up to a striker as a focal point, you're defending straight away. Even though you're in the attacking phase, you're keeping the ball 90 yards away from your goal. I don't think they've got that type of player, you know. That, maybe that would help. Yeah, I don't think they've got variation up front because Ian Acho and Vardy, similar players. 
in the sense. The, pro- the problem you've got there is it's, it's like probably the Harry Kane effect. You know, who wants to come in and play second fiddle? They're not really going to play, especially the way they play, because Vardy's going to play. You're going to play Vardy every day of the week because, you know, he gets your goals. Everything that goes with him. So I do agree with you, but, you know, mm. they're hard to find them players. Don't to, but yeah. he stands in he stands in the left channel and races away. No, yeah, no. The best the best ever at it. Iniacho can't hold the ball up. He simply can't. So I just wonder, obviously not watching Leicester all the time, do they attack and sometimes it's a goal, but often it's a turnover of the ball and you're defending again. And that's why Stell we've maybe have stumbled across a weakness. Mm-hmm. Well the thing is with with Madison not featuring much, he's been on the bench, hasn't he? Then he come off, you know, come off the bench. I think they played with uh, Chadry and Tielemans in the middle of the park. Chadry's decent, but in the middle, I don't think so. Lookman's come in. Barnes it doesn't look like the same player. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing more than anything, but it just seems like Brendan Rodgers got a shelf life. You know, he, he, he can coach a club to a certain level, and then when he reaches that level, he can't make that next step. That's how it seems to me anyway. Plus, you know, are they playing Europe as well? Yes. Yeah, Europa League, yeah. So, you know, that, that's going to catch up with them as well. Like they, say, squad, they, they, haven't, they haven't got the depth in squad. Mm-hmm. You know, know. just 2-0 up, cruising, and then lose two late goals. Well, if you look at the, the subs bench, they had Madison, Albrighton, Perez, Ricardo Pereira, Amati... Okay, look, Daka was on the bench, a big, big money signing, I think. All right, look, Ndidi's been out injured and he's obviously a, a big loss. But at the same time, defensively, Castagna, Bertrand. Bertrand's won the Champions League, hasn't he? With Chelsea? Yeah. Vestergaard, Soyuncu, relatively experienced players here. So you, you'd think that they would, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's just something I think when it comes to Brendan Rodgers. Like he can only reach a certain level and then after that, that's it. Um, oh, I think that's a bit, bit unkind. Is it? Yeah, yeah. You know, you've done well at Celtic. Oh, come on! Not having that. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> you got me, you got me. All right, manager. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Fuck sake. Steve, there's a, there's a long-running joke on this podcast where we say that Celtic is like managerial rehab, where if your reputation has gone down a toilet... Go to Celtic and build it up there, and you come back a new man. You know, it happened with David Moyes. He, he was part of that. He was sure we used to gag about him on there about four years when he was at Celtic, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, he did, but, didn't he? Yeah. And then yeah. when when uh, when when um, David Moyes got the sack at United, they were like, "Let you know, he should get this get the Celtic job." And then when Mark <laughs> Hughes got the sack, he should get the Celtic. David Eddie Howe should go. Well, he, he was offered the Celtic job and he turned it down. No, no, that is that is elite. He should be. <laughs> well, your mate Scotty Thingy's doing all right, isn't he? Top of the league at the moment, aren't they? Right, yeah. uh, Bournemouth. There you go. There you go. Right, so we got top of the league, Chelsea. All these players, you see, he's brought in. Yeah, all his old right. players. That's right. You know, apart from Dan Juma, who's gone to Vieira. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Chelsea are top of the league, Steve. Three-one yeah. victory over Southampton. Yeah. Uh, Timo Werner finally finally getting the score sheet. Big props to uh, Aspilicueta for the assist. Because if, he, if he'd have taken a touch, Southampton would have regrouped. But that one touch, half volley pass was brilliant. Chilwell getting on the score sheet, a player who's been in the wilderness for the past few weeks. Um, but the game was kind of marred by James Ward-Prowse, mm. who's 
reckless challenge. Look, I know Ward Prowse has played like over 100 and 150 bajillion games in a row for Southampton. And I know he needs a break, but wow, what a challenge that was, mate. I mean, you're asking for trouble with that, aren't you? Yeah, you're asking for trouble, yeah. And, and I think we're talking about being risk and reward because he went and pressed as Chelsea were trying to play out from their own goal kick. But I don't know what the reward is if you uh, win the ball fairly because you're the only one at the crime scene and then you've slid in along the surface. What are you supposed to do? Are you, do, you, do you win the tackle and get up and get up and score? It just thought, I just think he saw a loose, a loose ball. I think he's a competitor. And I think he thought, I can get a bit of this. I can have some of this. And when you lunge and you miss or you get a bit of ball and man these days, it looks an easy decision for the referee to get the card out. Rod, um, what went on in Ward Prowse's head there? Is this someone that was excited to win the ball, just wanted to, you know, yeah. do what Paul Scholes did and let them know that he's there? I mean, for crying out loud, your your was it? It was one all at the time. What are you doing? It, it doesn't make any sense in my head. And how long was it there to go? Thirteen minutes ago. So it's not as if, you know, it was. You know, they, they were chasing the game and they needed to win, and there was time running out. Oh, okay, it's thirteen minutes left. You're drawing. Why are you doing this? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I was just watching it then, and yeah, he's not, he's not even like slid. He's, he's lifted his leg up and caught him. You know, side of it where you can really do some damage. So yeah, it's reckless. Why I don't know because you know, as Stan says, your your momentum's going to take you, and he's going to clatter him. The ball had gone. It was gone. There was no way he was going to. Going to get the ball, so yeah, it's a poor decision by him. And yeah, there's 14 15 minutes left, so he was still in the game. So poor decision from him, but you know, he's not he's not really known for that. Ward Prowse, he's made a mistake, you know, he, he's not really got history for that. He'll, he'll learn from it, I'm sure, and, and not do it again if, if he does it again. And it, it, it might become a problem, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it being a problem. He's just reckless and late in the game. and just a poor judgment. Steve, Timo Werner. Yeah. The Enigma. How many is he going to get this season? 11. 11? Yeah. Okay. 11. It was you, impulsive. Said that, you said that without even thinking. Like, yeah. As soon as you knew that question was coming. Well I, th- well, I expect him to be a sub, but get on in most of the games. I think that pace against tired defenders will always get chances. If he masters the offside trap uh, and Chelsea, I do think they could be um, a three and four nil uh, victory team often this year. He could get late goals off the bench when he gets his starts. Let's say he gets 12 starts. I'm sure he'll probably get more. Let's say he gets 15 starts. I'd back him to score six. He scored at weekend. I'm comfortable with 11. Maybe more. But, but 11 plus. How many, how many assists from Lukaku out of those 11? <laughs> Probably all of, all, all of them. I, you I, saw I like him the other week trying to get him through all the time. <laughs> I like this word. He looks a really good teammate. He looks like he loves football. He's come over. He's not had a great time, but he's one of them that keeps plugging away. That speed, is, he, he's going to have... And, he, and his back record, you know, for his other club, and, it, you know, it might have been in a, a, a league that we don't believe is as strong as the Premier League, but that pace belongs at the top of the Premier League. On one day, he's going to frustrate the life out of you by running offside and going too early. 
on one day he's going to get a hat trick. He's, he, he'll be that player. Lovely. Rod, another game, another clean sheet for Arsenal. Four clean sheets on the bounce. No, sorry, three clean sheets out of four in the Prem. One goal conceded. Uh, that five man back line kind of reminding you a bit of uh, the old Arsenal back line with Dixon and Winterburn. What score was it? Nil nil. Yeah. Um, yeah, they seem to they had a difficult start, though, didn't they? They had Liverpool, Chelsea, no, City. Chelsea, Chelsea City, and uh, Brentford. Brentford, Brentford. Yeah, it's a difficult start, but once it seems to have got over that, it seems the results seem to pick up, and the performance seems to be picking up. And you know, first thing you you work on as a manager, I know that he's been there a, few, a couple of years now, but it is the defence. I mean, once you've got a solid base, you can you can work on that and you can you can grow from it. So yeah, they look solid, and you know Ramsdale. Even though we we've been per, I've been. Personally, had our doubts, and personally, you know, privately, we've had our doubts about Ramsdale and his, what he's been, the teams he's been involved with, the relegation involved with. But you know, you've got to take your out of him. He's been really good since he's come there and, and, and kept him in the game. And Steve Graham Potter, Graham Potter. What, what do we? What have we been saying about Graham Potter for for God knows how long? I mean, this guy, he, he continues. To, to surprise me, it didn't surprise me. I, I said the other day, I'd, I'd take him at United. I'd take him at United. <laughs> Ahead of this guy that, that's there now, 100%. Uh, and, hey, listen, at least you bring in a decent backroom staff. Uh, at least his technical stop. director won't, won't be in the training field. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the kit, you know. Uh, Pulling, pulling people off, you know, getting Paul Pogba and <laughs> hugging him off and all that kind of, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. So come on, Steve. Mr. Potter. Even, to be honest, Grandpa just looks like a bit of a hobo at the moment, doesn't he, with that beard and so took him off the Brighton Pier and, you know, yeah. I, I really like him and I think everyone's starting to really like the team. Sanchez, the goalkeeper, uh, who had the loan spell at Rochdale, um, is brilliant. Brilliant with his hands, brilliant with his feet. Mopey's getting better. Well, bet when he plays, he's brilliant. And the manager is, is playing. Um, well, they've got an identity, haven't they? You know, even though two really big centre halves in in Duncan Duffy, but they attack everything from set plays. Loads of talent on the wings and in midfield. Basuma injured, but brilliant. They've got a load of really, really good footballers, and he looks like he's got um, the composure to to not be too high and not be too low. And just recognise that he is an emerging manager. I, I, I think he's really good. Yeah, I do. I, I'm really impressed. So, who would you rather have at United, though, Rod? Arteta or Graham Potter? Ooh. Ooh. Well, I wouldn't want Arteta. Why not? Uh, you said a few weeks ago that he no, he just did just his affiliation with City and, and, and Arsenal. Yeah, why? why no, no. You asked me a question, but I'm giving you an answer. What do you want to do? Why? <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be in Potter, yeah. Because, it, because no, no, I'll just, I know I'll just laugh, but listening to Stez there, you know, they've probably been in the same time as Ollie, where Brighton have got an identity. Have United got an identity yet? Yes, he's brought the right players in. Yes, he's brought the right personnel in. But have United really got that, that identity that, that 
all play, it seems to be, you know, pretty predictable. And if someone doesn't pull a magic goal off, then mm, so the thing is, what I will say about Graham Potter is that he, he's proven that he's great working with minimal resources. And I know people uh, say to me, "Oh, yeah, but he hasn't managed a club like Man United." Well. Okay, it's a huge club. I get it. The history's there. I get it. But the thing is, look at where Man United are at the moment. Now, I understand what you're saying, but so for me, Potter and Solskjaer, they've kind of got the same CV, but Solskjaer is a Manchester United legend. So that he gets that kind of where Graham Potter, you know, he said Harry Potter then, Graham Potter wouldn't get that. And it'd just be a, yeah, you just need someone with a, it's Manchester United still. You need someone with a, some stature. Lads, do you mind if I ask you both a question about this then, United? Because we don't know, but do you presume Potter coaches the team? Yeah. Do you think, do you think Klopp coaches Liverpool? Yes, but not as much as Potter would coach Brighton. Okay, sense. these two should be easy. Do you think Tuchel coaches Chelsea 100%. and Guardiola coaches City? Guardiola coaches dream games. Yeah, so, so, uh, but we're led to believe that Solskjaer is this right? Hmm? We're led to believe that Solskjaer doesn't do any coaching. Is that not Man United's biggest problem straight there? At least this Graham Potter. We're talking, Rodri mentioned, I thought it was a great point. Brighton have got an identity. United, obviously, they've got world class players, but possibly not got an identity. Well, one manager coaches the team and one manager doesn't. So surely, eventually, if Manchester United are going to improve, whether it be Graham Potter, Brendan Rodgers or whatever, someone who's the manager has got to actually coach the team. Yeah. Well, these, some people would argue that Ferguson didn't coach much, but he had Archie Knox, he had Kidd, he had Kiros, he had even Walter Smith at, at one point. McLaren, so, these are all top, top, top coaches. Well, it was so much different. Everybody was playing 4-4-2 against each other and was daft enough to do yeah. it against Man United, who had the best 11 players for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Coaching, has gone, coaching has gone into orbit now these mm-hmm. days with shapes, numbers, formations, false nines, tens, through the lines. It's gone, it's Jenga, gone into Jenga, Jumanji... All of that. Mars. It's all there. It's all there. So, so I, I'm suggesting that somebody like Graham Potter would be an improvement at Manchester United because at least 100%. he would coach the team. 100%. But the difference I, is, people, people will say that he's, he's got minimal resources at Brighton, which I agree. In comparison to Man United, there's no comparison. Like it's, it's, The comparison is just there. Anyway, but the thing is, Brighton have had an academy that's been thriving for many years. Many years, Right. And United haven't. Still, still. United have had a player. I've read, listen to this on the weekend. United have had a player in the first team squad since 1937. Yeah, over 3,000 games or something like that. But so, I'm talking uh, about recently, the academy, recently, how many... All right, look. They've, they've, got, the, they've got the probably most leaflish striker that's probably going to be in the country for the next 10 years. Well, Greenwood. Yeah. Okay, Greenwood, Rashford. They've got, they've they've got, got they're, they're, these are England. They're not to come by. They're not like they come. 1992 was just... Uh, it's an anomaly. It was, it'll never happen again. I know. It was just, coming through at the same time. Yeah, so that is... is and it's Des will say, because he's worked there it's so hard, especially at this level now that City and United are at. It's just almost impossible for a player to come through. It's just why is it almost impossible. Then? 
Why is it easy for Ajax to do it then? Yeah, but this Ajax is not Manchester United. I know Ajax is a big, massive club, but it's not. What about Bayern Munich? What about Real Madrid? Why are they doing it? Why are Barcelona? It just doesn't happen, Stella. It's just difficult. It just doesn't happen, especially at these elite top, 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 top players. You've got to be. This is how well, good Mason Greenwood is because he's doing it as a teenager at Manchester United. No one else does that. Does that Mbappe or or Cliver? It's they're very, very rare players. But Greenwood yeah. is is going to be top notch. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. But the thing is, with when it comes to Ajax, for me. They are. Yeah, but you're there, Ajax. You're saying Ajax. You've got Van der Beek. You can't get United squad. Yeah, but what that's, I'm saying that's is, the, be, they all can play football. No, 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 can no. they play that Premier League intensity? No. Bish, bosh, bash. No, they can't. It's all, oh, pissy, nice. But it is when is that, it comes to real, it comes to real physical. You know, look at that game yesterday. That was a proper game. Proper, proper game. You know, can can they hold up to that intensity and that speed? I don't think they can. Yes, they can play football and and yeah, and, and, but no. When you come to that quality, it's just they're just hard to come by. Well, listen, they've they've had players like Dennis Bergkamp, Phil Foden. There's yeah, but you're talking yeah, thirty years ago. Product of their academy. Yeah, but it's thirty years ago. Where's another one? Okay, well, I'll get I'll get some names out and I'll I'll, I'll bring them to bring Overmars, to Overmars come yeah, but, yeah, well, it, that. It, but what it, I'm saying it, is, you're saying now, right now, it's, it's, a cycle. it's different then. 30 years ago, it was a lot easier, even though it was difficult. Now, it's a lot harder. Okay, well, let me ask you a question then. Which club in the world has turned around and said, we've used Man United's uh, academy model to uh, bring through our players? Because there's a team in, in Spain... Which used Johan Cruyff's philosophy to bring in quite a few decent players and a pretty decent head coach as well. Yeah, and um, where, where that, what's happening now? After that, when was the last one after that? Okay, but they've had Messi coming through that academy. Yeah, but that was twenty years ago. You're talking about now. But he's where, one of the greatest they're... ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand <laughs> that, but it was twenty years ago. Yeah, but it's, it comes in cycles, doesn't it? It's in cycles. Like they, just, they, they just, might anti batties come through. Players coming through now, it's so hard, so difficult. That's why when these players come through, you know, like Saka, Maitland Niles, Smith Rowe, you've got to keep hold of these players because they'll give you extra. They just, they just give you more, and yeah, I just think, and, and you, they've got to have the quality though. They have got to have the quality. Oh, folding. Look at folding yesterday. That left foot, it just glides past people. Imagine in, in two or three years, him on the left, Greenwood on the right, although Greenwood will probably be in front. You know, it's it's scary. The both but, just but world class. Has, has Foden come through because he's a result of Man City spending for their academy? Because no, because Man Foden's a Manchester City player, so he's always wanted to play for Manchester City. Yeah, like but, say it was Mason Greenwood. Some of them want to play for City, and and but, but you telling me that United weren't knocking on Phil Foden's door. When they've seen him play, and his dad's probably gone, nah, I do one, he's a City fan. It's probably the same with United fan, United players when the City come knocking on the door, nah, he's going to go United. That's the way, that's just the way it comes. It's where it falls. Some Manchester lads, I know, go to Liverpool and then United get older, or City get older, and they end up going back home because they're sick of going to Liverpool and they want to play for the, the team they support. 
Steve just sitting there <laughs> green like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> he knows, he knows all. What I did see on Saturday, lads, just a comparison. Rodby, you've waxed because he was brilliant yesterday, wasn't he? And Greenwood the same. He's, he's been excellent. Uh, I was the only one in the stand left at Burnley at five o'clock. As you always talk about it being wet and windy and horrible, well, it was. I was the only one still there. And the, you know when the substitutes do, they're running at the end of the game that they've not got on. There was a shout, there was a Norwich player running from 118 yards. Just move your phone a minute, I can't hear you. Uh, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah, go on. Yeah, there was two Norwich players running between the two 18-yard boxes because they didn't get on at weekend. And they were doing the extra work and they were just getting it done. One was Billy Gilmore and one was Brandon Williams. And they looked to me a million miles away from being able to compete in the Premier League. And obviously for them, it's at the bottom of it. I don't expect them to come back and play for United or Chelsea ever. So just to back up your point in what you said, because these two have had a bit of a go at it, not much, but they've had a bit of a go at it to get into the Premier League and actually getting into the Premier League for these lads is one thing, but getting there and staying there like Greenwood and Foden is, is just is just an unbelievable achievement if you do and very hard to do. And Billy Gilmore's a, you know, a, a good player, but he's not he looked Chelsea, Chelsea elite, elite. No chance. Not just for me. Not. He's no. too small. He's not physical enough. Yes, he'll, he'll give you a, a few good games, but just physically he's not good and strong enough. Same, it was the same thing with, um, what was his name? Wilshire. Just wasn't physically, no, his body couldn't handle the, the physical Whereas Foden seems to be growing into his body, riding tackles, gliding across the surface, and I've got I've got to say it: your brother was the same at the same at the same age. He would be durable, but most of the time you couldn't catch him, and that was Phil Foden against James Milner. It's it's just you're born with it. It's the same thing. You've got the balance. You got yeah, you've got to ride tackles. Yeah. It's just you're born with it. It's just yeah. balance. The great word, exactly that. That's what the best players have got. Yeah, I think all that matters is uh, better players have come out of Ajax's academy than Man United over the years. I'm just saying. Clivert, young Clivert, <laughs> both Cliverts. Cliver, Overmars, Dali Blint, Vertonghen, Van der Zaar, Seydorf. Shall I carry on? Shall I carry on? Yeah, but we, 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 we've got Champions League winners and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Well, how many Champions League have I got? Yeah, but not for Ajax. They have to move on to go to an elite club step. Elite. What happened in... Was it, wasn't it in 95 when Ajax won the Champions oh, League? Oh, they, like they, they did win it all together. Yeah, yeah. That was, they were all young then as well, weren't they? Yari oh. Lippmann. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They, they didn't need the last-minute goal Man. from... Uh, PE teacher to, to win it from. Sound that one. You sound getting some fan cams outside. Uh, oh, Trafford, you see the kids outside. Out. You've seen the, the kids in MUTV with Alex Bruce. You've seen it, Stead. Yeah. Holy yeah. <laughs> out, it's crap. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. But the, those but his dad's cameras. gone, go over to there and say this. I like it. <laughs> nice one. With their half and half scarves as well. No. No. Oh, that, that guy that was um that was standing next to uh, Alex Bruce. Alex Bruce, he um he hosts a kids' TV show on ITV in the morning. Sam Sam Homewood. He, he does the podcast for him, doesn't he? 
That's right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. someone's got to do it. Someone's got to sit next to David May and part with him, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's talk about United. Segue, fin- fin- final game. There you go. Final game. Man United won, Everton won. Uh, Andrus Townsend scoring a goal, mim- mimicking Cristiano Ronaldo's celebration, then wonders why he doesn't get his shirt. Uh, fucking hell, Jesus Christ. I hope someone didn't ask him to, to do that for a bet because we know... Anyway, I'm not going to answer that. Um, so, yeah, United took the lead and then Everton equalised. And to be honest, gents, it, it was the kind of performance I expected from Everton, depleted, but it was a Rafa Benitez kind of performance as well, wasn't it, Steve? Yes, it was. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say too much about it because I'm sure you two were really going to cover, you know, all United's f- f- fragileness. Uh, wide openness, but for the opposite, for Benitez, yeah, he, he comes with a reputation of this. And but when you pull that that team out, Anthony Gordon played, still a young lad. He had a really unsuccessful loan at Preston. Um, Richarlison out, Calvert Lewin out. You don't really give them a prayer, and they're coming away thinking they should have won. So credit to uh, Benitez, but massive credit to the players because it's all right. Benitez having the plan, the brains, but he can't do the running for them. He can't do the you know, the, the touches of the ball for them. You know, he can only just deliver the command and they've, they've executed it to a performance that was probably worth a victory, but so so brilliant from Everton. Uh, but I'll hand it over to you two to talk about your team. Roy is yours, young man. Um, where do you start? It's just... Well, yeah, you don't know where to start. Um, sh- shall I help you? Uh, just going off one minute. <laughs> you can start with about seven staff in the dugout. <laughs> one guy sitting there with his legs crossed, hands on his chin. One there with his hands free kit like this. Thought, why is he? Why is Michael? Ka- Who is he talking to? Well, obviously the analyst, but he didn't half give the manager a real good cuddle when United went one nil up. I noticed, but didn't you know? Didn't tend to see him at one one too much. I, I I don't get it. Who is he talking to? I need to know who he's talking to. The analyst upstairs on the video watching it back. Nah, I can't be surely. I think so. Walkie talkie, that'd be even better. Nah. And then walkie talkie. Come on, gotta be done. I need a better hands-free kit for fuck's sake. Like I've got this because it's it's all right, it works. But come on, Michael, you know, you you're making like how much money a year is he on? Fucking hell, Rod, you there? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't see him. Go on, um, um where do you start? It's just why don't you, why don't you start with the Ronaldo selection of being rested? What do you have, think? You see, have you seen the um, the, the the video of him talking to Khabib? Alex Ferguson. No. Alex Ferguson's the talking and he's, he's just getting the microphone saying, well, you know, when I saw Cristiano was sat on the bench, unbelievable. You've got to play your best players. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's not going to go down well. We love Khabib. We love him. Let's talk about, um, what's it called? Uh, Martial's goal. Because he's a player who we kind of thought would be, again... Stuck in limbo land after Ronaldo signed and after Sancho signed, but he had an opportunity before that header, didn't he? 
a header which he fluffed his lines. Cavani had a header which went straight at the keeper. Um, but he took his goal well, didn't he, Marcia? For all the criticism we've given him, got a hand in that. Yeah, it was a good goal. He, he looked, I was quite surprised that they took him off, to be honest, because uh, I thought he was doing okay, especially when he scored the goal as well. So, and Greenwood wasn't having one of his best of games, so that was a surprise to take him off. But yeah, it was, you know, you know, Stes talked about it last week about the lack of just experience, just professional professionalism, just to, to, to take a foul or to, to even pick a yellow card up. They had at least three chances to do it. And yeah, it was just you can see Ronaldo saying, What 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 are you doing? And but but yeah, it's just you know, four points is it what four points lost that you know we could be sailing top of the league. You can't be dropping points, especially when you know, City and, and Liverpool, one of them was going to drop in points. It, it worked out that both of them dropped points. So, you know, yes, it's not no points that have been lost, but, you know, it's, it's points that we should have gained because, you know, we're not good enough to be to be losing points like that, especially at home to, to a depleted Everton side, especially after a bad result you know, last weekend against Villa. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I fully agree with what you said about you know, being able to take yellow cards and be a bit stronger. I don't know what Fred was doing. I don't know what Shaw was doing. I don't know what Wan-Bissaka was doing. I don't even know what David De Gea was doing. Um, it's just a, a calamity all over the place. And well, from look, from well from our corners, you know, there's touch on it with, with Neil Lennon saying about you know you can you can attack United off corners. You know that was evident. It was just like there was four United players and. Next minute, they're doing on goal. It's like, what's going on? Fred is just weak. He just needs to at least take him out once, if not once, to take him out the second time. It just doesn't smell any danger whatsoever, which is just worrying. You've got, you know, it takes the manager 37 minutes to get off his seat to come down and, and, and start giving instructions when, you know, it was, it was a shambles after, yes, they started well, but then you can see Everton coming, getting into the game. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I want for resting your players and stuff when you've got quality Cavani, but, you know, I don't get playing two in holding midfielders at, at Old Trafford. I just don't get it at all. Why is Paul Pogba sat on the bench? You know, he brought him off. He only plays 60 minutes in the week. You know, he, he, yes, he's had a, a, maybe a bad game, or but you know you're going to get that. You, you know, he had four assists at the start of the season, uh, the first game, and he, yes, he it's tailed off a bit. But it hasn't been shocking. He played Fred McTominay. It's just Fred is not good enough. He's just not. He's just not, and he's killing him every week. And you know, you've got a, you've got an assistant manager there that is too busy messing about with his earpiece, then he should be giving instructions to, to his midfielder to how possible and how to play midfield. Because Fred does not know how to play holding midfielder. Yes, he's got energy, yes, he'll break play up, but his distribution for a Brazilian is crap. Rubbish. Oh, the Cleverson, isn't it? Do you know what? I'm going to say something. No, Cleverson. No, Cleverson had a World Cup. He's won a World Cup. Yeah. Don't put Fred in that bracket. Cleverson's, you know, he, he's, he's got a World. Well, at least he's got a World Cup yeah. medal. Yeah. Might be, might be sat on the bench, but you know, I don't think 
Jemba Jemba. Fred's in that class. The whole thing is he's not even in Jemba Jemba class. He's not. <laughs> he's bad. not. I would take Jemba Jemba over Fred now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, not to be uh, contrary or anything like that, but Bruno Fernandes, has he got a problem or something? And the reason why I ask is because there was, there was an incident, no, sorry, there was two incidents, uh, sorry, two passages of play where Ronaldo was five or six yards square of him and there was one incident where Ronaldo was in the box and all three occasions... Fernandez has chosen to turn around and play the ball backwards and Ronaldo was getting pissed off. I'm sitting there thinking, you claim that Ronaldo is your idol, but yet you take the ball from him, double week to take the penalty, which you skied, and then you've flat out refused to pass him on three separate occasions when he was clear. Stel, Stel, first of all, Stel, first of all, he's the penalty taker. He should be taking the penalties. Doesn't matter if it's Ronaldo or not. Secondly, he always looks for Ronaldo. As soon as he gets the ball, it's the first person he looks for. That's what I see anyway. Maybe you've seen something different in the weekend. But what I see, he's the first person he looks for. Oh, I saw Ronaldo just skulking, just like getting really pissed off. So That's, you know, he's, he's, that's going to happen if you don't give him the ball. He wants to score every time he gets it, every time Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood must be frustrated to, to play with Mason Greenwood because Mason Greenwood is Ronaldo. He won't pass the ball. If he sees the goal, he's going to shoot. That's why he scores so many goals. That's why Ronaldo scores so many goals. The goal scorers, they don't want to pass it. They want to score. But that's the you know, detrimental for, for Greenwood over the last couple of weeks. He's got in some great spots and all he's got to do is side for it to his main. It's a tap-in and he's not. So when he gets in these better positions or his teammates in a better position... You know, sometimes he's got to learn to side foot it, but they don't. They just, you know, Ruud van Nistelrooy will never, ever pass the ball if he's in the... They just don't. Alan Shearer, they just don't pass it. The goal scorers. All right. Well, we've spoken enough about United. Let's talk about Everton very quickly, Steve. I know we mentioned them earlier, but Andrew Townsend scoring a goal. He's, he's, he, I'll tell you what, he's helped me out with my dream team for a start, my FPL team. Being a differential and all that. You've got him in your dream team? Yep. My FPL dream team, yeah. I've got him in. Uh, put him as vice-captain at the weekend as well. I think he got 10 points. You've got some, yeah. adding, up, you've got some adding up to do on that level, haven't you? I know, I know. I need to get everyone's teams again because I've fucking lost them. Oh, fuck. My team's flying, man. <laughs> I've got 61 points this week, which I'm quite pleased about. So, yeah, high, the highest scorer in the, in the table that I'm in, the league table... Yeah, Salah got me 13 points. Tanza got me 10 Salah, Salah you, got me 26. Well, you put him as captain. Yeah. I put Lukaku as captain thinking that he'll score against Southampton. He's not going to be my captain ever again. Okay, took, so you took, took, took Ollie Wick Watkins out and swapped him and kept things. Ouch. And Ollie Watkins scores. She cost yeah. us. Yeah, well, I'm going to take out Harry Kane out of my one anyway. He's let me down too yeah, much. Yeah, no, yeah, um, no, but he might start. Yeah, you do that. He might start scoring then. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, my life. Yeah, I'll keep. I'll keep him. <laughs> so, Steve, well, what's going on with um, Andrew Townsend then, and, and this whole shirt debate? You know, for that full time, he was he was selling the the cameras. Oh, you know, I admire Cristiano Ronaldo, and it was I was paying homage to him when you were probably taking the piss. But. Um, well, he, he's he, he he likes talking. 
Um, he's on Talk Sport. He's on the touchline for England. He's had spells out of the game. Uh, he's talked about being a compulsive gambler. Um, talked about not hitting the heights he expects of himself at Crystal Palace. He needed a new challenge. Um, and you're torn between, okay, this guy's still in his prime. Let's see what he's got. Or, you know, is he full of waffle? Because, um, you know, there's... He can certainly he certainly enjoys the microphone uh, underneath his nose, that's for sure. However, he's playing as good as anybody in the Premier League in his position. Um, he's very positive the way he plays the game. Um, I don't think there's any centre-forwards in front of him demanding passes like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. So he's took it upon himself to do his own thing, cut in and shoot, take penalties, hit free kicks. And he's got a very, very strong left foot. He's playing ever so well. So uh, the Ronaldo thing, though, I think is a little bit embarrassing. Um, he said he today on the radio that he was de de determined to not leave Old Trafford without his shirt. But surely you've got to respect a fellow professional that has just come on the pitch from being a sub. He's a world, the world's best player and he's clearly not happy, yet he's mithering him three and four times for his shirt. Uh, rightfully, Ronaldo said, we'll sort it out in the tunnel. Uh, I believe that Townsend should have asked him in the tunnel. It did look a little bit beggy, but he might look at it and think he's only going to play against Ronaldo once or twice more in his career, and um, he had to he had to seize his opportunity. But I didn't like it. It looks a little bit fanboy. Um, one more thing, just before I wrap it up, uh, Steve. I'm sure you'll be uh, absolutely stunned to hear that a certain coach at Man United. Has Received a contract extension to 20, 2024 this evening. No, I've not heard it. Take a guess. Michael Carrick? Nope. If I said hush money, who do you think it would be? Mike Phelan. Ding! <laughs> Mike Phelan signed a new contract for Manchester United. Contract extension to 2024. Right. Okay. Well, we, we know what his career was. Um, and he seems not a very offensive character. Um, but obviously, without being privileged to know what goes on there, I'm yet to actually have anyone tell me what he actually does other than being an experienced head around young staff. But for me, they're all underachieving at the moment, so I don't know how you get rewarded. Uh, the, the exact tagline from the person I found this information off just now is, feeling assigned the contract extension to 2024 to continue doing whatever it is he does at the moment. Right. Well, well hey, they're all. If you can do it, you can. If you can rob a bank and get away with it. Yeah. Well, if Darren Fletcher can join in training every day in his kit and then walk down the tunnel in the Stratford End in his kit, um, which was fine when he was a player, a starter, or a sub, but as technical director, uh, I'm not surprised anything that goes on at, at that place anymore. You know. Um, Set-piece uh, coach coming in from Loughborough University. Uh, the manager supposedly doesn't coach. Mike Phelan getting a contract extension. Um, Michael Carrick joining in training. I, 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 I don't know what goes on at that club. I, I, I don't know. But it, there's no right or, or fast or hard way of rules of, of how the job should be done, but it's certainly not how I see those roles being fulfilled. Um, it, it, it's, it's beggar's belief, isn't it? It really is. Um, I mean, I, I could never imagine back in the days, you know, when uh, Uli Hermes was a technical director of Bayern or Karl-Heinz Rummenigge getting on the pitch when Guardiola was there, you know? 
I said, just, just let me do some coaching. Come on. Give me the ball. I will train all of these players. No the, the Andros Townsend thing. They've all been on the coach and the way there. Look at these fucking grown men doing what Ronaldo do. You know, what they're all, oh, if anyone scores, you've got to do it. He's gone over and done it and gone to the, the, the cameras and said, oh, it's because I love Ronaldo. Tell the truth, you lying fucker. Just tell you for taking the piss out of him. Grow up there. Yeah. He, he, listen, he, he knew, even he didn't believe what he was saying. Even he didn't believe it's the, way he, the way he did it. He's never done that before in his life. See how he did it? It was bad. It was it really was, bad. It was, it was like the, the grown men doing it in the street. Like grown <laughs> men, there's like hundreds of them, all United shirts on, like 40 years of age. So it's like watching a pigeon trying to do the moonwalk. Idiots, idiots, absolute <laughs> idiots. Imagine, yeah, you know, just watching it, saying, oh, just no. grown men. It's not kids, it's grown men. And there's not like 10, there's like hundreds of them all around in a big circle. It's just fucking embarrassing. Embarrassing. You would have got that old chapter 30 years ago, they'd have got battered. They'd have got battered. Well, listen, now, at one point, people thought they were in eight mile doing the, the rapping, the rap battles in circles. Now they're doing the Ronaldo celebration in circles. <laughs> it's in my, it's What's embarrassing. Next? What's next, eh? Oh, What's it's, next? it's embarrassing. Now, is WhatsApp back on yet? Or is it, or is it still down? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I need to check. I need to no, check. it's still down. Instagram is back up, though, I think. Is it? I think so. No. Let me, let me send you an Instagram message. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. No, it says could not load use. Oh, one minute. No, Instagram is sweet. There you go. Lovely. All right, gents. Thank you very much for your time. Let's wrap it up. Rod, anything you'd like to promote? Any crypto stuff that you can give people tips on? Anything like that? Um, should I give colder, colder? No, a colder coin. Apart from that, um, Rod James Giggs. What about promoting your studio? Yeah, it's just... Uh, Oh, you need a couple of weeks. Got to get a few things. Got to get a couch, couch there. Get a bigger table. Yeah. Maybe get a maybe get a, a pole, silver pole. Uh, you know, for, for, you know, for after hours. You know that meme where you've got um, Escobar standing there, like in the middle, of, in the middle of his garden. It reminds me of you. <laughs> It's quite bad uh, at the minute, but no, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, looking forward to seeing it, mate. Steve, thank you for joining us, mate, as yeah. ever. Send it back to you, mate, because you can finish the show with... Uh, I'll support your uh, best wishes to uh, and condolences to the, uh, to the to your friend who has passed, mate. So I'll just hand that straight over to you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Well, look, that's uh, another episode of Shoot the Fence. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next time. So until next time, boys and girls, take care.